0: This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxy and cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. This is Strange Assembly, episode 137. We live as we dream. Alone. Welcome to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. We are finally getting back to the Legend of the Five Rings well today. It has been since April 8th, since we last had an L5R podcast go live, which meant that our last episode was recorded when Crane were still broken. Does that make you sad, Rich, that you're not broken anymore? Extremely. Extremely. That is Rich Bowers-Dean. Also here with us is Jay Earl. Shepard. <laughs> I should go. <laughs> it has been a while. We're not really going to talk about the Crane Errata, because that is kind of... uh Come and gone. As you may recall from our last episode, which was an interview and discussion with Slavin, the winner of the L5R Cote, Rich got second at the L5R Cote. Since then, the Atlanta Atlanta Cote. They're all L5R Cotes. <laughs> They're L5R Cote, yes. The L5R Cote. Since then, Jay and Rich went to the Knoxville Cote. did we watch Randy win another one? Yes, yeah. Randy won another one. And then you went to the South Carolina Cote, which had a very good turnout and where I hear you all stunk.
1: Oh, it was, it was epic in its glorious badness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so before we get into your Cote experiences, there have been a couple of things that I want to mention that have been announced. The first is that at, at long last, they are making what I have been asking for for years, which is a raid deck or warlord deck or whatever one you want to call it for l5r uh, which is called siege heart of darkness it comes with three ivory legal pre-constructed decks which play against one super deck the siege deck so sort of like magic and arch enemy or the raid decks that the wow tcg had i've been wanting them to make an l5r multiplayer product like this for years I think it's probably going to be out at Gen Con. They certainly have events where you can go play it at Gen Con. So super pumped about that. It's the Dark Naga. Maybe this is finally, they're going to, you know, finish that. He's going to stop hanging around in the background, not doing anything. We don't really know much of anything beyond that. It comes with territory cards and clock cards. So, you know, there's something about that. But very excited about that. We also, <laughs> along with the drought of L5R podcast, um, there's been something of a drought of L5R story because Ivory Edition has switched to only aiming for one every other week, and they haven't even hit that target. But they do want to say one of the things that... It, it's, it's hard to talk about individual stories because really you just sort of get into nitpicking things about a particular fiction.
2: Right. Right, or you you talk about last year's Halloween, and you're just like, that was so awesome! And then you don't really have
0: anything else to say. Yeah, we're not really a literary criticism podcast, but I do want to say, at the end of April, Spooky Robert Denton finally... I say finally, that makes it sound like I've been waiting just, come on, I want it to end, no. They finally wrapped up the Sins of the Father story series, and I won't talk about how it ended, the significance of things. If you, it was on April 28th. If you go to l5r.com and scroll to the April 28th updates, it'll be there. But this is this multi-year, many part fiction about uh, Katsuki Kanaro and Kikita Ichikiku and Bayushi Makubesu and how they have been looking into this mystery that has the spider and it stretches into the past and a false playwright and it's been extremely good, and I've I've really liked to see them take these characters and just tell one big long story with these same characters in a really good way. Denton, who is Bobby, who's doing the, going to be the one doing the L50 novel, I think has just he's been fantastic with this. He's been fantastic with a lot of things. If you have not read these, you should definitely go back and and try to read them. They're great, and congratulations, and and thank you to Spooky for having done these. Those are my two L5R things. So let's start with you, Rich, since you haven't been on here, and maybe there's something you want to go back as far as the Atlanta Cote. But what have your Cote experiences this year been? I think first off, the Atlanta's probably the highest I've ever placed.
1: I think all the other times I've I think at best made the cut and then you know, quickly eliminated. So it, it was nice to actually, you know, give Randy a challenge at the uh, in, in the finals and uh, had some great games against Donnie uh, right before that. So uh, it, it was it was good. Uh, I think overall we're we're seeing a a better crane presence this particular co tie season than uh, the past couple of years at the very least, and uh, you know doing the little circuit. Normally, I just do the Atlanta one. So, uh, being able to go to South Carolina and seeing friends there, going to Knoxville
0: for the first time, and uh, meeting a lot of really good people were, uh, were I think, we were a treat. Atlanta, you played a straight up honor deck, no Akagi Sensei or something, but the the Crane Arata, which I was kind of hoping would maybe foolishly would leave the box alone, did end up smacking the box around. So. What did you end up playing at the the follow-up Kote? In Knoxville, I played the same deck. I think just I tweaked it a little more towards uh, a military matchup. Did not
1: help me against uh, Unicorn. Lost uh, two games at uh, Unicorn. One to the winner of the South Carolina, Kotei. Uh, basically playing the same deck, although he had more military meta this time. And then just could not get the deck to work leading up to uh, South Carolina. Switched to Lion and did horribly. Despite how easy Randy makes it look, you just can't pick up the deck and do good. That's what you get for...
0: I know. I regretted it after round one. <laughs> <laughs> Unicorn uh, definitely have been the biggest winner from the Arata. They have won a little bit less than half of the Cote since then. And they are making the cut at a pretty Furious clip. At some point they were actually over 50%, but I think now they're back down to like 42 or 46%. Uh, Although that's, that's, that's slightly misleading that number because the average make the cut rate has been something like 28%. I mean, it's been incredibly high because there have been so many Kote at that obnoxious to me number where it's six rounds and cut to four two, which lets like a third of the field in. Right. It's like we're playing hockey. Come on, you know that's a joke because hockey lets in like half the field. I, the NHL and the NBA playoffs—like half the teams make the playoffs. I don't understand why even have a regular season at that point. Anyhow, did you have any particular moments that that stood out in there? Any particular insights? You're just not giving me a lot to work with here, Rich. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> well, okay let's let's look at uh, let's look at Atlanta. The the real real memorable games were obviously Crane Lion... With the early Blitz, first, you know, the dedicated, hold you off, hold you off, I'm going to gain lots of honor. Donnie's deck was insane. I don't think I've seen a deck similar. I mean, even Randy's was not that fast. It just, like, exploded guys on the board, like, crazy. And then, uh, then obviously, Randy has a really solid line deck. Um, Tiger was playing a Military Mantis. The one thing that surprised me is I've not really seen a lot of Mantis players. I guess because I'm just not matched up with them. But Mantis is really, really strong in this arc. The fact that they get the extra gold going second, they always have the card draw, it really helps them solidify stuff. Unicorn, what can you not say about Unicorn? 5 gold is just insane. I can't imagine what... Uh, what their gold scheme is going to look like uh, after the new 5-for-5 five five box out of uh, Coming Storm. The new calvary's a little tricky to get used to, but once you get used to it, it's just phenomenal. Ran into one Crab deck in Tennessee, and Torian was playing it, and it was lots of little guys uh, out of clan that oathed and got big and nasty. He made a, a really bad play mistake. Uh, I lucked into a win that way have not seen a lot of dedicated Scorpion dishonor. I think there was one. We went to Time in Tennessee, and uh, Honor Dishonor is always going to go to Time these days unless somebody just explodes. You know, that person doesn't even get a start. In Columbia, ran into Scorpion military, which is no joke. You know, The person does not make mistakes. You're going to lose if they call out the right cards. just been like that. This, the same kind of decks are starting to repeat. You know, you see a lot of Crane Scouts, uh, the box gets, you know, well, I don't want to say the box, the the Sensei gets uh, errated, and now you're not seeing a lot of Scouts. You're seeing a lot of, like, Mantis kind of blitzy decks. I think only Palmer was playing Scouts that, uh, well, only Palmer was playing Scouts that made the cut at Claire. Uh, and, uh, I mean, that's just basically been it. You know, it's been a lot of military, military, military.
0: So, how about you, Jay? I hear you uh played a high-tuned, very expensive, rare-filled deck at, at Knoxville. Uh, you were completely misled. Aww. I,
2: I did have a high number of shinies for what I was doing. So, at Knoxville, Donnie, those who don't know, Donnie laid out this challenge of the five rings, which two of them were to be the highest-ranking Bushi League player, and another one was the most enlightenment victories i was foolish enough to try for all five of them <laughs> the only one i got was enlightenment victories but so because of those two i was playing a bushy league enlightenment deck which is about as bad as it sounds <laughs> i
1: will say it was pretty fun to play against
2: yeah i'm impressed that i actually did manage to get an enlightenment victory so i had one enlightenment victory Another person who wasn't stupid enough to play Bushi League also had Enlightenment victory. So at the end of the day, we had a match-off to determine who was the better Enlightenment victory. And near the end of it, he made a play mistake, got a little too aggressive, and I managed to win that one. If I remember correctly, I also won that one by Enlightenment. So two Enlightenment victories for the day. But yes, I, I was at Knoxville playing Bushi League Enlightenment I cannot recommend... no. Don't, don't do that. And then so, South Carolina, I came back to my usual fire chickens. Sadly, before coming storm, I don't think honor is viable out of them. Though I'm looking forward to coming storm when I can switch back to honor. So I was playing military, and there were several games early on where I realized after the fact I was defending like I was an honor player, and so the game went poorly for me because uh yeah a, a military w- when i'm playing military I, I i should let my opponent have a province and come back and take two not hey i can wipe out some chunk of his army i'll get in the way oh what's
0: that you killed my whole army too oops well but hey you can get a lot of honor if you tie it battle resolution right eh eh
2: Sure, if I would made it to Battle Resolution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, never mind then. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, D- Dishonor, I think, been doing better than Honor generally. I don't know. Let's, what do we have? Since the errata, the average rate of, it's like 28% for making the cut. Unicorns at 46. Who else is doing? C- Crab and Dragon have both done well at making the cut, although Crab and, Crab's been a relatively small part of the field and dragon cannot seem to win in the elims to save its life. Lion has kind of dropped off the face of the earth. I don't know if that's as simple as crane aren't as good anymore, so now lion don't get to eat their breakfast. But your phoenix especially if you exclude people named donnie <laughs> <laughs> not doing the greatest they are, but L- lion have actually done worse at making the cut than phoenix have since the uh the errata mantis have picked up in no small part due to will abbott and his ogre dueling deck he has won two cote and then a mantis player won the malmo cote with i haven't seen the deck list but with an ogre dueling deck so i don't know how close it was to what what abbott was playing scorpion have continued to make the cut Reasonably well, although they're not as far above average as they used to be, and they've only won one, so they're not winning them as much as they were. I think they may have actually had a decent matchup against the Crane Scouts, and so they, their spread against the field may not be as good now. And specifically, like yeah, Unicorn has become pretty big. Think, and Unicorn has. Like I said, they they have unlike crane, they didn't win more than half the Cote. They won almost half, but their participation numbers have not skyrocketed in the way that cranes did. Like crane pre arrata what did they have like 18 or 20 percent of the field? I mean, it was an insane quantity of the field was crane. Oh yeah, and unicorn post crane errata is still like 11 and a half percent of the field. They're still behind crane and behind scorpion. And tied with Lion, Spider has had the worst attendance. Dragon has a win only because the Crane player conceded. So it'll be interesting to see how much the the coming storm will shake that up. Although I don't really want to get into the coming storm, I want to kind of give that its own episode. Although I will give you the opportunity to complain about how Phoenix still don't have a playable sensei if you want, Jay.
2: Not just playable sensei. I want a sensei that doesn't modify my
0: gold production. But, come on, you've got three sensei to choose from. Surely at least one of them doesn't reduce your gold production. Nope. Nope. (laughs) They all do. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that is... At this rate, I would not be surprised if the next Phoenix sensei is, like, minus two gold production. Just to, like, hey, look how much better these other ones are. (laughs) Brian, if you're listening, that is a bad idea. That's what we call sarcasm. Don't do that. Bad,
0: Brian. Bad. You don't have to worry about it. Whatever the next... The the Phoenix Sensei, which... Right, Line in the Sand is the next... Is the expansion after the coming storm, or A-Line in the Sand. It will have clan-specific sensei for all of the clans. Basically, the second theme sensei. But that set is long, long locked, so... Brian cannot actually change anything in that set at this point, I'm I'm pretty sure certain.
2: I would not put anything past him. He's an evil, evil man.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not like he was, you know, a Phoenix player mm. or something. See, that's whats your problem. He's like, if I was playing Phoenix, I could win, like, seven Kote with this stuff. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> well, it seems like we should have more to say, because this episode is <laughs> pretty short.
1: Well... I want to talk a little about the, uh, I mean, I know you're really excited with the raid deck coming out. Having played lots of raid decks in WoW, and especially you know, a lot of the similar aspect in Warlord, I think it's good and I think it's bad at the same time. My concern obviously is please, 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 please do not have any sort of chase cards that you need out of like a special loot set in the siege deck, and I really hope that AG learned a lesson from Cryptozoic and not doing that because there was nothing more annoying than trying to track down four copies of some chase epic that were auto included
2: you Um, you didn't like basically 25 booster packs come on
0: oh no (sighs) i i don't have any reason in the universe to believe that they are doing anything like that unless they're just leaving something out of the contents it is explicitly one pre-constructed siege deck three ivory legal pre-constructed decks, six territory cards, 12 clock cards. I guess unless that's a random assortment, and I do not think that they will do that, and I would agree with you. I would be pretty irritated if there were nine territory cards and you got six random ones or something. Or, or but I, They won't do that. They will not do that.
1: I, I'm hoping. Uh, and The other thing was, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, it's something, like you said, you've been looking forward to, but having played them, I remember we played them, I want to say one weekend, and I think I might have dragged them out maybe twice after that. I'm I'm looking at my old WoW one right now with dust on
0: it. So I mean, that's was that was a Nixia the first raid deck for those? Molten Core. Molten Core. That's right. Yeah, Nixia was the uh, the
1: broken one you could bring into play and uh, win tournament games with. That was really stupid.
0: Okay, Debbie Downer.
1: (laughs) Other than that, I think it's a great idea. Um, And like uh, I was saying earlier in the other podcast, in Columbia, it was really good to see new faces. At Atlanta, we saw a lot of the same faces that we see every year in Atlanta, you know, people that come down or, or our local players. And then, you know, when we went to Knoxville, it was pretty much, whatever Knoxville brought to from its local players replaced the local players we saw here in Atlanta that did not make the trip. And then when we went to Columbia, we had an influx of, what, 15, 20 players, Jay, that were, like, brand yeah. new. One guy sat down. He's, like, right next to me a couple times. He's like, hi, how you doing? He's like, when did you get in this game? How did you get into this game? I've been playing this game, like, three weeks, or I've been playing a month, you know, however long it was. Was just really enthused about the game, and that was really really great to see. Because when we're seeing these reports of we're down X amount of people from last year, or X percentage amount of people last year, you know, you start wondering: Am I going through this again? Am I going through like one of my favorite card games on the decline, about to be canceled? And but seeing this influx of new players, it gives me hope that we're not seeing that. That it's just an aberration. Nobody wanted X amount of aftermath packs, or they couldn't make the trip for one reason or another.
0: Well, I I still think part of it, a substantial part of it, especially with the new players, for the early Cote, I mean, especially ours, but even trickling some into stuff in in April was was the availability of the cards that Ivory Edition did not come out until several weeks into Kote season, that or or right at the start of whenever it was. It should have hit shelves in, like, January or early February at the latest. Right. And and instead, it was hitting it in late March or, or whenever it was hitting. I think that that's a real problem, especially for new players. I mean, on the one hand, you could see, oh, well, wouldn't people love? It? It's free. You can just make proxy cards or whatever. No. People, especially new players to game, it is a pain to make proxy cards compared to just Here's the cards that I have. Let's make a deck. Let's go play
2: right right when you're when you're first getting in, you don't really have the same evaluative skill that we do where we can quickly say "Good card, bad card for a new player. It's much easier to say, "What do I have? Let's limit this space that I have to deck build in such that I'm not just completely overwhelmed by choice, yeah.
1: In addition, also with, with the Atlanta co-tie, I know, cause I proxied most of my deck up getting back into the game after not playing the previous arc. So for me, it was, what cards can I play with out of ivory? All right. I'm going to get a crane starter. I'm going to go ahead and drive my wife nuts by using all the printer ink, <laughs> making color <laughs> copies, and then going, Jay, Chris, you know, Mike, these are the cards that I need that I can't print off. And the newer players don't have access to that. So yeah, you might be right that the availability of, let's say, if you're crying, you're obviously going to want sexy, Let's go with uh, Kichiko for a Scorpion player. The cards that are in Coils and Aftermath and Gates that you don't have access to but are legal.
0: Well, that's always going to be there anytime you've, it's always going to be there because there's always going to be some amount of cards anytime you get into a ccg that are unless it's like literally just printing its first expansion that are already out there right and luckily i don't know what this says about how it sells but luckily for people getting in like was very available there was a point where cool stuff was selling coils boxes for like 35 bucks or something and you get up because of the way the unique things work you could there's a lot of really good uniques in coils but you know they're unique so you only need to get one of them right the other sort of side effect of the attendance has been that it has potentially disrupted the storyline because so many of the points for the Cote renewal storyline or participation points based on attendance the attendance so far on average has has still been it's, it's picked up but on average it's still been lower than i was expecting we've Right,
2: remember all of those pre-game predictions of, oh look, every clan's going to get 500 points, it's just a question of who's going to get a 1,000.
0: Well, I I did not make that prediction.
2: I'm not saying oh. we did, but there were a lot like that. And now we're like, are Crane even going to get 750? I think
0: Crane are still on track for 750, but... They're on track for well over 750. Although, okay, let me, well let me, two things. First... I, had, I think my original thinking had been like, there will be one or two clans. If you're the bad clan, you mm-hmm. won't hit 500. So we were like, Phoenix, sorry. And I didn't think anybody was going to hit 1,000. So it was really just a question of 500 or 750. But I thought, you're going to have seven clans. We have 500 or more. And so when I say the projections, like I talk about projections, Do it on the website. And I can talk about these. They're super simplistic. And they're simplistic in that it's literally just, you have this many points out of, 35 Cote. Let's extrapolate that over 63 Cote without any sort of normalization or modification or predictive stuff ever. So like when we say, oh, well, I project Crane to end with 938. I don't really think Crane are going to end with 938 because it assumes that for half the remaining Cote, they're going to win at the rate they did for the first quarter of Cote season, which obviously is not going to happen and on more nuanced things, it doesn't take into account whether or not there are more high attendance expected or low attendance expected, Kote left, whatever, but with those super simplistic projections, right now, only two clans would hit 500. Unicorn and Crane. Lion and Scorpion are close on the projection, but nobody else is even close. Dragon are the only other one that's over 400 in the current projection, and There's a big difference between 400 and 500. So, which I think is unfortunate, because I, on a personal level, I think the 500-point prize is really neat, and could really be, like, a real story. And I would really like Dragon to get 500 points. I would like more people, generally, to get 500 points, but especially, because I'm a Dragon Clan player, I would like Dragon. And the 251, I take a hostage that is, like, an order of magnitude less cool. Right. Than the 500-point prize. So... I hope that the attendance continues to be strong, so that more clans can get up to five hundred, and especially hope Dragon get to five hundred. I don't think anything's going to save some of the other ones that are just too dipped dipped low down. Phoenix is on pace to have three hundred one points right now. Well, we knew that, right? Phoenix is one we knew going in. Like, we you know they're not going to get five hundred. Spiders, you know, would be projecting out the three nineteen. Crab three forty four. Crane is already over five hundred, so they're getting it. It's just a question of whether or not they get up to the seven fifty-two unicorn. They're going to get five hundred. Uh, they're gonna. And I think that that Scorpion and Scorpion and Lion are close enough too. I guess, I said, uh, I guess Lion, Lion have really not been doing well. So maybe, maybe they are more borderline. But I think they ultimately will too. And I think Scorpion will. And Sc- Scorpion will too. I believe. Don't forget those honor contest wins. Four points is not a trivial amount. Somebody's going to end up with three, with four ninety seven, and be very sad that somebody in their clan didn't bust their hump more with an honor contest.
1: Well, I think the Phoenix player should be happy because you know Jay's doing his best trying to win honor
0: contests. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you won the Knoxville honor contest last year, right, Jay? Or the last Last, time they not last last year, but the last last time they had it, and it was the same honor contest. What's up? No repeats.
2: Nope. Sean doesn't was, like my haiku anymore.
1: He was robbed. I'm just going to call it. He was robbed. <laughs> Although there were there were some good haikus. I think Donnie's wife, Giovanna, I think had the best haiku as it was like the uh, proper wording in both German and uh, in English, which uh, the fact that she did that just blew my mind. But uh, yeah, Jay did fairly well in uh, Columbia. Got second. Yeah. So, well, the honor contest isn't my thing. It is definitely something that other people really enjoy, and I'm glad to see that uh, there there's more of there's more of that type of activity.
0: Okay. Any random thing that you absolutely have to say about the coming storm instead of saving it for next time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's an interesting set. Well then. I don't know how much I can take of it, just like, you know, right now, just looking through the cards, but, uh, it definitely is, um, definitely has some things that are definitely going to shake up the environment. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, sitting down and deck building.
0: Here comes Dishonor.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which I really, I, I like alternate wind conditions. I, military, for me is is not as fun as honor or dishonor so we will definitely see where we go with that
0: yeah all right you have been listening to strange assembly your tabletop gaming podcast mm-hmm. you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes or you can visit us at strangeassembly.com where you can subscribe to some of the more particularized podcast feeds or check out our articles we Try at least to get them uh, daily updated, although, you know, that doesn't always happen. You can also check us out at facebook.com slash strangeassembly or follow us. We're at strangeassembly on Twitter. I always like to hear from the audience, so you can email me at chris at But until then, for Jay Earl and Rich Bowers-Dean, I'm Chris Stevenson, and you've been listening to Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.